The following podcast will contain spoilers and explicit language. Ooh, hang on, that needs changing. That's better. So, do you feel all Christmassy now? No, fuck Christmas. But it had such a delightful Christmas song. It has. Just because it's stuck in your head doesn't mean it should be stuck in mine. Oh, come on, it was lovely. It was a great tune. It's sweet and annoying. To be fair, Home Alone was on E4 the other day. Home Alone is Predator with kids. Home Alone is brilliant. It's Predator with kids. He uses the same traps as as Arnold Schwarzenegger in Predator. What? Because Macaulay Culkin runs around with C4 explosives. So Arnold Schwarzenegger never used C4. Yeah, he did. I didn't say weapons, I said traps. You're right, because there were lots of micro-machines in Predator. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Should we call it? was the famous scene. With the micro-machines... And the predator was like, oh my god, walk, there's micro-machines in the middle of a forest. All these micro-machines on the floor, I just can't, I can't get past them. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that'll do for a sound test. Good evening, Mike. Good evening, Chris. So, it's Saturday. It's the evening. It's not Sunday. It's, it's not the afternoon. It's afternoon cinema. But it is about film. So, so what did we just watch then? Or should, or should, no, I no, have I'm, no fact, idea. I'm going to introduce this one. Because I have my no idea. idea. So, it was my idea to watch the classic, and I want to make sure I get the date right on this one. 2017. The classic... 2017, The Killing of a Sacred Deer, which, for the purposes of length of title, I'm just going to refer to it as The Killing Of. Yeah. Because, frankly, that's far too much to get out. Uh, I was going to say, right now, spoiler alert, there are oh, no deers, sacred or otherwise. Yep, there are no deer. And there's very little killing. Very little. Very little. Yeah. Not no killing. No. But there is very little. Yeah. Yeah. Just a tiny bit. Just like So anyway, Killing the Sacred Deer. So this is now the third mainstream, as it were, film. Um, and I'm going to butcher this guy's name, so I apologise. By Yogos Lanfimos. I think that's how you pronounce that I've seen. Yeah, um, that's actually... Yeah. That's, that's I how that's, you, that's, that's how right I pronounce it. Um, he made Dogtooth, which was somewhat lesser known. I don't think many people have heard of Dogtooth. And he also made The Wobster. Um, have you seen Dogtooth? I'm fairly certain you said you'd seen Dogtooth. I haven't seen Dogtooth. Do you know what it's vaguely about? No. I'm guessing okay. not Dogtooth. Well, you know what? I'm going to lend it you. Because I think... Have you seen The Lobster? Yes, I have. Okay, that's good. Um, I will lend you The Lobster. You can take that home tonight. We're not going to review it for the show, unless you particularly want to review it. But the thing is, when you watch Dogtooth, when you watch Dogtooth, and having seen Lobster as well, you'll probably pick up what I've picked up on, on the director's very specific style of filmmaking and speech patterns. Oh, he's not... He seems to have a very particular way of, de- of developing, of delivering lines, rather. I've noticed in this film, the, the characters are very staccato. I would say it's borderline old, like... Autistic. autistic, yeah. Yeah, 
It's all family seems to be. Yeah, not not even the family, just every character. No, I think yeah. no, I'd say just the family in general. The family in general, Martin, Martin's mum. Yeah. I think Well the, yeah, Martin is. Martin's mum not so much. She just seems very beat up. Yeah. But anyway, so the trailer gives a glimpse about the story. Um, but I don't think, I don't know if you've seen the trailer, but you can't really, in fact, I might show the trailer, the trailer later, but you can't really get from the trailer just what, in fact, I'll show you the trailer now. Sorry, I'm going to say, because I've, I've got it open. So I'll show you the trailer now, and then you can base what you've seen on the trailer. What Are we going to get into copyright trouble for this? Nah, I doubt it, but then I'll see you can something. Okay. So I'm going to include the audio in the um, in the uh, in the actual review because I still think you can get a lot from the dialogue. But based <laughs> on that and based on what you've seen, how much of it, how much would you know what the hell was going on in that film based on the trailer alone? That trailer is for a com- it seems to be for a completely different film. And based on that trailer, would you watch the film? Yes, I probably would. See, I saw that trailer well, knowing based on the about film. <laughs> you see, I saw that trailer. And I had to see it. It was as simple as that. As soon as I saw the trailer, it was like... And especially the title as well. I'm a massive sucker for titles. If I see a title, I think there's, there's something different about this title. There's something there that grabs me. It, it's very effective. Um, like one of the films I was um, that I mentioned before, um, You Were Never Really Here. Hmm. I wanted to see it based on that trailer alone. It was the same when I saw the poster for um, Wolf of Wall Street. When I saw the poster, I was instantly drawn in, and I don't know why, but I was. Wolf of Wall Street is just not a standalone brilliant movie. Well, it is obviously, and I do think we should have, we should review and, that at some point. And I think Leonardo DiCaprio. I'm going to say this right now to the Academy: Fuck you! You deserve that Oscar. <laughs> he shouldn't have had to eat a bear. bear. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yes, but back to the film that we've seen. What? Okay, so first of all. Because you've seen it, what did you think of the lobster? Based on watching his previous works in comparison to what you've seen now, what did you think of the lobster? I thought the lobster was unusual. It's kind of hard to categorise. Right. Um, and it's hard to even describe. If you've not seen it, it's you know what I'm talking about. We, as part of a special that me and Derek did with uh, Cameron on the iconic on the. Um, 
Conquistables podcast, we each chose a love story that we all wanted to watch. Each of us chose one love story that we wanted to, the other people to see and one outside. Uh, I chose Casablanca. Uh, I can't remember what Cameron and Derek chose, but we all chose The Lobster. We all said we wanted to watch The Lobster. So based on what you've seen in The Lobster and based on what you've seen in Killing the Sacred Deer, can you, you know, would you have assumed that if you didn't know it was the same director, would you guess it probably was? No. See, I Not did almost instantly. I didn't actually know that the director of Killing the Sacred Deer was the same director as The Lobster when I walked in. But when I walked out, I knew it was because it was so similar. Yeah, I mean, obviously you know these films a lot better than I do. I've seen The Lobster once. Mm-hmm. And it was probably it was over a year ago when you first mentioned it to me. Yeah. Um, I went home and watched it, and it is a really kind of bizarre film, um, with a really kind of an old timey feel to it. Yeah, very much so. I agree with that. Um, and the lobster, you know, this one compared to the lobster, the lot. It's, it has and it hasn't got an old timey feel mm. uh, at the same time. It's, I think this one is timeless. It's kind of a. It, this one is more. It's a kind of noirish, mm. I'd say. Yeah, um, I'd go with that. And very hard to hard to define for me. Right. As to as to what it is, because it's it seems to blend about twenty different types of. Mm. filmmaking and the lobster was the same yeah um and if it was the same type of filmmaking you've seen in both if it was the same type of genre seen in both then you would automatically say yes absolutely this is it must have seen in, in, in yeah in all that, the same way that you can you can spot a tarantino film yeah yeah Without even seeing the title card, you know Tarantino from what you're seeing on the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is not that type of animal. I think what's good about this director, from what I've seen anyway, and admittedly I've only seen three of his films, although I don't think he's done that much. Um, I think he's done three films. No, he's done more than that. He has done more. Um, but well, three, three kind of mainstream yeah. English. Um, I think what he does well in... All three films, especially Dogtooth, and when you watch it, make sure you're not doing anything else. Like, don't look at your phone, don't look at a laptop, because it's all subtitles, and you have to pay attention to the subtitles. Okay. Otherwise, it completely ruins the film. Um, not just because they happen to be speaking in a language, but just because it makes sense. It, it does make sense if you don't watch it with subtitles. But what I think with this director, and indeed with this film and the others, is that... It never quite answers the questions that you yourself are formulating in your own head. It, but that doesn't matter. It actually brings up more, many more questions, I think. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I'll go um, with that. Um, I mean, I'm not going to say you feel unsatisfied, because mm. that's, that's definitely not the case. Yeah. Um, frustrated, maybe. <laughs> See, I didn't feel that. If anything, well, well, okay, well, let's at least start by describing what the film's about, and then I can give my initial impact, you can give your initial impact, and then we can talk about the people who are involved in it. So the film stars Colin Farrell, and yes, that is his real name. Um, Farrell. So Colin Farrell... Um, he is not an American rapper. Plays Stephen Murphy. 
He's a brilliant surgeon and works on a patient who unfortunately dies. Befriending Martin, who I think is around 16 years old, played brilliantly by Barry, Ke- by Barry Keegan. Barry Keegan, if that's how you pronounce his name. Who was recently in American... Uh, thank you. Who was recently in American Animals. And he was brilliant in that. And honestly, I think this guy has got a bright future ahead of him. And I would really recommend seeing American Animals if you can see it. Yeah. Because it was a genuinely wonderful film. Um, who was the son of the patient. And they basically start spending more time together in a sort of father and son role. But in a very twisted father and son role, to say the least. Yeah, this is um, a kind of father and son as seen by... Uh, Lewis Carroll, I would say. <laughs> um, it's very twisted, and I, you never quite see what either of them are benefiting from that relationship. Yeah, you do, no, I know what you mean. You do see eventually kind of why it happens, but you don't see what you know what what benefit would anyone get from this. Yeah. Um, although you see again why. Martin certainly fostered this relationship, if if you will. Yeah. If you call it a relationship. Mm. Um, and it's, it kind of twists in on itself. And it's, it's based on a lie. Yeah, it's, it's based on several lies. Um, so the basic premise is that Martin says, okay, you killed my father, and so revenge is going to occur on your family. Um, they will first become paralysed, they will second. Secondly, they'll stop eating. They'll stop refusing to eat. Um, thirdly, they'll stop bleeding from the eyes, and then they will die. But you never know if it's really true um, until the young son, whose name I can't remember, we'll go on to in a minute, becomes paralysed from the waist down. But you don't know if it's really. But again, you don't know how much of it's true. You don't know how much of it's, if it's making up until it happens to the daughter, who's again name we'll come to. And so the film mainly focuses around whether you believe what's actually happening and what's going on. Okay. His son is called Bob. Bob. How yep. can you forget Bob? Bob. <laughs> Bob. 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 And what was the daughter? Kim. Well done. Uh, Who I've never heard of as well. I'll, I'll give the parents points for brevity. How much so? In oh, because the of the original names. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just Bob and Kim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, well, to be fair, when they're called Stephen and Anna, you know. Well, no, Stephen's got two syllables in it. So does so Anna. Was I. Picky. Yeah. Maybe they just gave them one syllable names to make it easier when filling out forms. Yeah. Bob. Yeah. Bob. Bob. Um, so yes, um, as, soon as, I, as soon as I saw the trailer, as I said, I had to see this. I knew very little more, but I really wanted to see. Now there is a there is a, um, a review on IMDb that I came across, and it is it does make sense what the person's saying. Um, you could see it as pretentious, and stating that if you don't, you know, that the reason you might not like it is because you don't get it. Now I agree with a certain amount of the anger in the review. You often see people who do say that if they don't like something, it's purely because they don't understand it. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it's a classic example of 2001. People say, well, if you read the book, you'll enjoy it more. Or if you didn't enjoy it, you didn't understand what was going on. 
The fact that the film is bobbins and it's not a good film apparently has nothing to do with it. See, I'm going to strike out here and I'm going to say Stanley Kubrick, possibly one of the most overrated filmmakers that's ever existed. No, I tend to agree with that. Um, but the problem is, the problem is that this whole thing led to the IMDb message boards becoming incredibly toxic. I mean, I don't know if you ever used them at all when no. they were still in existence. I used to go on them on a, on a fairly daily, on basically a daily basis. And it was very much, if you didn't agree with someone, you should go and kill yourself. Yeah, because everyone's a critic. Nobody can handle criticism on there. No, no. Um, I don't consider this to be a particularly. I don't particularly. I have. I don't consider this to be a pretentious film, personally. I think it's a wonderful art piece, but I can understand why people may think it's a po-faced film. How film art house you know, film, that it's only for art house critics. I, I do understand that. But at the same time, I do think it's accessible for it by everyone. And I think it is going to be thoroughly enjoyable for, for everyone. It's shocking. And I wouldn't it's... say everyone. Are you seriously saying you're going to sit down with your grandmother at Christmas and watch this? Well, no. But then again, what did I watch in front of my grandmother years ago? What was I watching? Um... Oh, that was it. Um... Oh, God. Oh, Christ. What was it called? Uh, da, 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 da. Who was in it? It was the one about Uday... It was about Uday Hussein. Who finds oh, the Devil's Double. Devil's Double. Yes, I started watching that. My grandmother walked in and started watching it with me. And then there was a particularly vicious scene and my mother was in the room and she said, can you turn this off, please? It's not very Christmassy." <laughs> <laughs> so I did. Um, but yeah, no, I do think... Well, obviously not for everyone, but I do think that it is an accessible film and I do think it's enjoyable. And I don't think... It's this highly art critic film that is so in love with itself that it's only enjoyable by po-faced critics. It's not Citizen Kane, is what you say. Well, Citizen Kane's shit anyway. But, exactly, that's what I mean. Um, you know, um, but I I don't think the other thing I did say is I don't think this is a an explanation. Sorry, I don't think this is an exploitation film by any means. No. And I think some people would see it as an exploitation film. I don't think it, I don't think you really can. Hmm. Although, you know, quite a lot of the characters do exploit each other and the, and the relationships really. I mean, I still don't really understand, to be perfectly honest with you, when people say that it's an exploitation film, an exploitation film truly is. I've seen films that people consider to be exploitation films, but I still don't know what I would classify as... If you're you know part of it, how can it be an exploitation film? Well, I don't know, because I've, I've watched Last House on the Left. I've watched I Spit on Your Grave. Um, you know, I've watched quite a few films that people consider to be exploitation films. But again, I don't know why, specifically, they're exploitation movies. I'm, I'm not no. sure I fully understand the whole idea behind an exploitation movie. But there we are. Um, you know, this is a film that has a very simple premise. Um, it's a revenge thriller. It is, but not in the normal way. It's, but in quite a brilliant and quite a dramatic way. I mean, it's it's Hitchcockian. Yeah, I'd say. I'd, I'd that. say. Um, yeah. It's it's the kind of premise that Hitchcock would have would have absolutely adored mm. if it had been written been written back in the fifties, sixties. Um, I mean, I, I think it's a film that you go into and you wonder what the hell is what the hell's going on. And you're wondering all the way through what it is you're watching and why you're watching it as well, probably. Yeah. And you never know why. You never know how it's going to start, 
Um, all white stuff to begin with, yeah. So that, so I, I've briefly gone over the plot there, and the thing is, I don't want to give too much away. And also, in all honesty, there's not, and I know we say this quite not often, a massive amount. To there's it. not a massive amount going on. There's not a, ma- a massive amount to it. No, um, it's almost, it's almost like a one room thriller. Yeah, I mean, um, what I loved about it. Um, but personally, I'll, I'll tell you what I loved about it, and then we'll get your general overtake on it. What I loved about it the most was the dialogue. I thought it was snappy, I thought it was on point, and I felt it never stopped. It was never boring for me. I felt the delivery was absolutely fantastic and crisp. I loved the shots. I absolutely loved the way it was filmed, where it wasn't constantly zooming in or crashing. It was very long shots. You didn't necessarily see people speaking. And it. I, I just love the way that every single scene is framed. It... Everything is framed for a purpose and for a reason, and I thought it was beautiful because of that. I thought some of the some of the framing and some of the shots were bizarre, because mm. um, just because the way they were set up. But at the same time, I'm not that's not a criticism of of the director in any way. Yeah, it's um, it's just not the type of shot you would normally see. Yeah, like the scene. Fairly near the beginning, where the the um at the car he gives him the watch, and it's it's very zoomed out, and he hugs yeah. him, yeah, and the hug is filmed in such a way that you don't see. I think it's specifically designed in a way to be as uncomfortable as possible. Yeah, it it's the way to describe it is it's the thing you see out of the corner of your eye. Yeah, the whole film is like that. I agree. Um, yeah. And it's very hard to kind of, in a way, catch your breath mm-hmm. with it because of the way it's it's is put together. Yeah. Um, and I think for that aspect, it's very intelligently made. Okay. So gut reaction. You've just seen it. Give me your honest opinion. I'm probably never going to watch this again. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be quite honest there. Why? I, I think some films once is enough. Why um, then? Come on, give me more than that. It was quite what, brutal. What did okay? What did you know about it before you watched it? Absolutely fuck all. You said you'd written, you'd read some bits about it on the internet. I've read some bits, but I've tried to stay away as much as possible. What did you read though? Because you said that some people had said it was either dark and shocking or it was comedic. Yeah, I mean, I'd read obviously on the front. It's got that. It's got a review saying it's like, outstandingly funny. <laughs> Um, and some bits of it are! Some bits of it are, but only, I mean, I think that was our own added commentary. Yeah. Um, one one day, we will just set the microphone recording when we sit on my sofa watching these films. <laughs> yeah, we have to do live commentary. Um, yeah. Okay, so you knew very little going into it. I knew very, I mean, any film that you choose, if I've not seen it, if I don't know it, I will try and purposely stay away from any kind of critic reviews. Okay. And I'll do the same for any film I go and see in the cinema. What um, did you think it was about before you came into it initially? Did you have any clue what it was going to be about? No. Because um, even even the blurb on the DVD case doesn't give much away. Mm. Yeah. Although it tells you absolutely everything you need to know. It tells you nothing at all. Yeah. Um. So, again, going into it, knew very little. I knew obviously it was the director of of the lobster case because yeah. I'd seen the lobster and you you told me anyway. Um, 
So what did you think about it when you were watching it through the film? What was your thought process on it? I thought... In, so I'm going to drag up, I'm going to bring up one earlier film very quickly because it's kind of similar in a way, Felma. Yeah. Where you really didn't know what was going on in that film. Which do you think was the more bizarre film? This one, definitely. Really? Yeah. I, see, I thought Felma was more bizarre. No, I thought Felma I, was... I actually found Felma a lot stranger than this. Uh, I mean, it's... Potato Potato, isn't it? It's No. Yes. No, it's Potato, and that's the end of it. <gasps> In the same way that it's antitrust, not antitrust. You're not American. I don't care. It's pronounced antitrust. It's the way it's By spelled. By Americans. It's spelled antitrust. If it was antitrust, okay. it was spelled with a U. But it's not. So it's not. Sorry, there isn't a U in antitrust. No, there's not. It's there a- is. It's A-N-T-I. T-R-U-S-T. There's no U in it. There is no U in antitrust. In fact, I'm going to look it up now. Because you're just wrong. Uh, antitrust. There's well, a you U obviously right there. Obviously, the word trust, but not in anti. You see, A N T I T R U S T. There is no. There is. It's not spelled anti, as in your uncle and your auntie. All right. Now, if it was what? spelt your uncle and your auntie, it would be anti. What would you try to put in their car in the winter to protect it from freezing up? Um. Anti-freeze. Yes, they do. Don't they? So, <laughs> I, don't, I don't drive. I don't think about these things. Yes, they put antifreeze in their dri- in their car. Not antifreeze. <laughs> Shut up, you twat! <laughs> Fuck you! Get out! Damn it! Damn it! Fuck you! Sorry, we should have sweared. We swear on this podcast. You know, with semantics, I'm always gonna win. Semantics. Fuck you. <laughs> I don't know if that's correct. No, I it's romantic. I just said it to piss you off. <coughs> wait, wait, and wait. I swear to God, in the film you said, why aren't they on, to, why aren't they on the elevator? No, They that... should have been on a lift! Anyway. Uh, both of it, both of it, both are acceptable. So anyway, um, right, where were we up to before we got... Where were we um, So you didn't know you anything. Was, you you didn't know anything film about the film. Was more bizarre. Yeah. Okay. So what was your thought process during the film? <coughs> in general? Because obviously it's the first time you've seen it. You knew nothing about it. I had a vague idea going into it. Although to be honest with you, I, I knew the outcome, but I didn't know all of the all of the main parts of it. It's been a while since I've seen it. What was your thought process when Probably you were watching it? Yeah. And shut up and okay so at any point did you at any stage want to turn around to me and say what the fuck are you making me watch here yeah pretty much um about what point did you feel the same way with Thelma no um I enjoy I enjoyed Thelma in a very different way right um that was although yes it was strange it was bizarre it felt more accessible okay um, instantly accessible. I mean, as opposed to not being accessible at all. Yeah. <coughs> Is that because there are lesbians in it? No. This had Nicole Kidman and <laughs> boobs. <laughs> boobs. Anyway, carry on. Um, um, yeah. 
I mean, okay, so was there a, was there any point where you, like I say, where you were the one who turned around to see and say, what the fuck are you making me watch and can we stop watching this Yeah, um, pretty much from the opening scene. Okay, fair enough. Um, <laughs> I, by the way, bit of IMDb trivia here. Oh, that God. was a real operation. Now I can believe it. It was um, real to me. I don't know how you'd fake that. Colin Farrell was actually witnessing. Okay, fair enough. Now I can believe that. Quadruple bypass surgery. Okay, so... Aside from the whole someone getting cut up, what are the points? The points... Were you were you either wanting to be, say to me, what the hell have you made me watch, or can we turn this off, please? At, at no point will I ever say turn this off. Cool, cool. That's good to know. Um, mostly because I'm too much of a glutton for punishment. <laughs> um, as well, as, yeah, if, if you choose a film, I think, you know, you should at least give the courtesy of Finishing it. True, I did that with Blues Brothers. Fuck you, Blues Brothers is a classic. It's adored by millions. Millions can be wrong. Not in this instance. <laughs> Lavender is a genius. Okay. Anyway, carry and on. At least I didn't make you watch the sequel. Yeah. Yeah, but you wouldn't have wanted to watch it anyway, would you? The soundtrack's better. Mm-hmm. Well. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, stop distracting me. Sorry. I get to a really good point and then you... Yeah. Anyway, carry on. Yeah. Thelma, I thought, was more accessible, instantly accessible than this. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's the kind of film that I would watch, even if you hadn't suggested it. No, that's fair. Um, And this one kind of felt... Sorry, carry on. I don't know how to how to describe it, and that's the difficult thing. Okay, is that I'm trying to describe something that I find indescribable. Okay. And that's uh, quite frustrating. No, that's understandable. I mean, I'm just I'm just trying to find um, very quickly if I've got it here. Um, the original review that I wrote when me and Derek um, reviewed this, because. We both had very different opinions. Um, he, from what I remember, he really didn't enjoy it. From what I remember, it was in my top. How about you, get the other guy who reviewed it? Uh, no, we didn't watch this with Cameron. We watched oh. it with Cameron. Um, in fact, yes, in fact, I've got my top list from 2017. I'm fairly certain. No, that's top bottom. I don't want that. Oh yes, look, yes. In fact, on my 2007 list, 2017 list. Killing of a Sacred Deer is my number two film. Okay. In fact, why do you figure that list very quickly while we're here? You've included Lego Batman. That's because Lego Batman's brilliant. Lego Batman is brilliant, but... Really? Yeah. So, Lego Batman's awesome. Wait. Top, top so, 16. So that, so that is 10 to 1. My ten, my top 10 films of the of the year. And that's my 10 worst films of the year. And these, those were like they that, yeah, basically yes. Okay. Um, I find it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I thought you'd included. I don't know. Actually, I don't know. Um, 
I thought Mike was in to give my to give the audience the basis of what we're what we're looking at here. I'm looking at my 2017 uh, films, and number ten was Hidden Figures. Number nine was Gifted. Number eight was Goodbye Christopher Robin. Number seven was 20th Century Women. Number six was The Beguiled. Uh, number five was Lego Batman. Number four was Raw. Number three was Who Goes West. Number two was Killing Sacred Deer. Number one was Your Name. And if I can read the top ten worst. Uh, yeah, go for it. Uh, number 10 was Home Again. Number 9 was Going In Style. Number 8 is Wonder Woman. Number 7 is Spider-Man. Harsh, I think. It's shit! It's not It's not one point shitter than Wonder Woman. <laughs> number 6 is Personal Shopper. Number 5 is Space Between Us. Number 4 is Circle. Number 3, A Ghost Story. Number 2, The Ritual. And number 1, Free Fire. Yeah. Um... You've missed both assassins, I must say. Yeah. I don't think that deserves on the, on the worst list. Which one? Um, the assassin's bodyguard. Oh, it was I, dreadful! I enjoyed that. It was horrible! It had Ryan Reynolds, and who doesn't like Ryan Reynolds? <laughs> I'll give you this much. It wasn't as bad as the accountant. I haven't seen it. It's Ben Affleck playing an autistic bounty hunter. No, he's not a bounty hunter. He's a, he's a, he's just a, he's a killer. He's a contract killer. <coughs> not on the counter. It's though. dreadful. No, he is. But he's also a contract killer. Okay, I mean, I suppose contract killer doesn't always pay the bills. This was my argument with Derek saying that it's about an accountant. Um, let me see if I can find my review that I did with Derek, but probably not. I think it's gone somewhere. Nope, I didn't save it. I'm not all that surprised. Oh, hang on, hang on. Ah, uh, it might be in this world called Film Reviews. That would make sense, really, wouldn't it? It would. Nope, I didn't. Try the other one. Um, no, that was purely... SAC? That was purely our reviews. I wouldn't have put anything in there. Um, is it anywhere else? No, never mind. I it thought wouldn't it was be in meetups. No, it's not in meetups. I'm guessing that's an entirely that, different that was, folder. Um, that is just one big Excel spreadsheet of people you've met up with. Um, no. Have you ever heard of the website Meetup itself? No. It's basically you can go in and you can put in where you live in the country, and it will show you various social gatherings you can go to. <coughs> Um, I was basically going to. Oh, about... we're talking about Team Crumpets, or are we talking about sex parties? No, Team Crumpets, thank you very much. <laughs> Just um, check it. And I was going to a lot of them when I first moved back to Liverpool to try and meet new people, basically. So that's yeah. what it's, it's basically a massive Excel spreadsheet of things I was going to. Like, I used to go to one in, um, in Manchester um, called Socially Awkward, where you could basically go and meet other people who were socially awkward. But this is not the film! Right, back to Killing the Sacred Deer. Um, how the hell did we get here? Right. Okay. So, did you? Okay. Let's let's bite the bullet here. How much did you or did you not enjoy it? Um, it was almost a, a one to ten. Right. Yes. Out of a one to ten, what would you say? What would you give it out of a one to ten weight? Four point seven. Four point seven. Okay, I think that's fair. Um, where has that gone? Why can't I see this recording anymore? Oh, there we go. Ah. Um, what? How much out of ten? Sorry. Four point seven. Four point seven out of ten. No, that's reasonable. Um, what did he get on the IMDb, just out of interest? Uh, oh, he got a seven, seven. Far more than what you gave it. I vote Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, let's have a look at what Rotten Tomatoes said. Rotten Tomatoes. I'm curious now. 
Does it sound like they're going to be very similar? Or completely different? <laughs> Come on, killing the sacred deer. Am I spelling sacred right? I am outside. Why is it not here? There it is. Oh, well done. Not the killing of a Chinese cookie. Although I'm kind of tempted to watch that now. Bookie, not cookie. Oh, I thought it was a cookie. <laughs> uh, so 79% certified fresh. Audience score 63%. Yeah, but the audience are wrong. Um, yeah. That's a film I'd like to review at some point. What, Get Out? Yeah. Oh, dumb. But if it's your choice, then I suppose I'm going to have to rewatch that shite. But anyway, oh. um, you see, I personally thought this was wonderful. I really did. I, I walked out of it and I was half laughing my head off at it. And at the other part, thinking, I've just witnessed something special here. And I really do think. And even then, even though I'd seen it before, even though I knew exactly what was coming and what was going to happen, I knew I witnessed something special. And I do think it's a film that stands up. After it's... all this time, I still think it stands up. All this time? It's less than a year old. <laughs> It look, got released look, on look, the third of November look, last year. Given the amount of films that I watch on a on a de- you know on a weekly basis, I'm allowed to say that. No, less than a year is not after all this time. After all this time, that's not eons ago. <laughs> it was last Halloween. I do like going onto eBay and looking up old technology, and it's got like iPhones. It's like, that's not old technology. But anyway, I mean the original iPhone is pretty old. Now. Well, it is now, sort of. It's about yeah, yeah it's ten years old. It's more old. than ten years old. Yeah, but anyway, um, yeah, I, I walked out after all this time. I walked out of this thinking this is something amazing, and I believe Mark Kermode had a very similar opinion. Not that I necessarily agree with what Mark Kermode says an awful lot of the time. From what Unless I remember. He agrees with you. Well, no, not even then. Um, from what I remember, Derek wasn't so taken with this. But me and Derek are very different people. Yeah. Um, we like very different films. Yeah. Um, I I just remember absolutely loving this. And the thing is, there's very few films that I really come out of and think, that is an instant classic. It's very difficult for me to come out of a film and think that was worth watching and that's worth talking about. But this really was one of them for me. So, question. Shoot. Uh, you mentioned last night you'd seen you mentioned earlier sorry you'd seen Bohemian Rhapsody yes instant classic yay or nay yeah definitely because I've heard Rami Malek's performance in it is oh it's glorious it's really good honestly everybody in it can I just say by the way folks I'm personally glad he chose him over fucking Borat what Sasha Baron Cohen was going to play Sasha Baron Cohen was going to play for I can understand why no I can't I mean, I don't. Well, I don't really know Sasha Baron, Sasha Baron Cohen's career. I mean, I know he's done a lot of comedic work, but that doesn't necessarily mean to say he couldn't do serious work either. I I just say fuck him because he's married to he's married to the most perfect woman in the world. Who's he married to? God damn it, Isla Fisher. Okay, you love Fishers. Isla Fisher. Isla Fishers. Fuck you. It's like when Derek went to see Isla Dogs. It was just an Isle of Dogs. So many dogs. Isle of Dogs is not an Isle of Dogs. I believe, I believe there's more cats there. Than... No, it was just dogs. Are you sure? Well, yeah. the Isle of Man. It was any, an island. It was an island. Women? Of, it was an island of dogs. Are you saying there? Are you saying there are no women in the Isle of Man? No, I'm talking about the film. Oh. 
We're on a film podcast. What do you think the fuck I was talking about? You meant the Isle of Dogs. No, we're going to talk about the Isle of Dogs. What's that got to do with the film? God, trying to keep up. <laughs> Christ. Why do I hire you for this? I don't pay you. I don't pay you. Hi. Yeah, okay. Right. Yeah, I, I honestly thought this was fantastic. I, I walked out smiling and absolutely loving it. Um, and I basically talked to anyone about this who would be willing to listen to me at the time. And as soon as it came out on DVD, despite the fact that I hadn't actually watched it again after I'd seen it originally, I I had to, you know, it was just like, this is this is something special here. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if I, I think I, if I'd gone to the cinema to see this, I'd demand both my money and my time back. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit harsh. Are you honestly telling me that you wouldn't have enjoyed this if you'd seen it in the cinema? I'm not saying I wouldn't have enjoyed it, because obviously cinema is going to be a completely different aesthetic. Yeah. And a different atmosphere. Um, I'm just not sure. It's not kind of the thing that would appear on my radar. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Um, no, 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 it makes sense. I mean, you're wrong, but it makes sense. Excuse me. An opinion can never be wrong. Okay, maybe not. Uh, no, no, I understand what you're saying. And I, I, I am purely saying that to be antagonistic. I, I get that this film isn't for everyone. I do understand that. I mean, I think the thing that I'm... And I hate saying this because it makes me sound so fucking pretentious. And so up my own arse. Go on. But, well... Say it. The truth is, I don't watch a lot of... I, I hate saying this, but I don't watch a lot of mainstream cinema. The thing is, me and Derek have... Derek sees a lot more films than I do, and this is not a knock on Derek. It just happens to be true. Derek sees a lot more films than I do. Sounds like my kind of guy. Which is fair. But the thing is, if I'm going to go and see something in a cinema, I want a reason for seeing it. I want, I want her to draw me in. I don't want to see a film just because it's on. If I want to, if I'm going to go and see a film, there has to be a reason for seeing it. Um, put your phone away, young man. I am checking chain times. Okay, so I'm doing. Don't worry. <laughs> um, the, yeah, there has to be a reason for me watching a film. Otherwise, I just can't get invested in it. Otherwise, I'm just not interested. I mean, I think a lot of, I think everyone that ever goes to see a film is going to say the same thing. You're yeah, no, going... I think you're right, but I do think there's a certain portion of people who will just see a film for the sake of seeing a film. Can you still get home, by the way? Have you got? Have you yeah, got I can get home. So that's all right then. So okay, so let's bring, let's talk about the people who are in it as well, because um, we've been going a lot longer than I thought we had actually. Um, okay, so we've got the lead character of Colin Farrell. Yes. Who plays Stephen Murphy. Thank you. Wonderful Irish name there. God damn it, Murphy. <laughs> Dinner alive, you're coming with me. Oh, no, that wasn't even Murphy. Um, okay, yeah. what did you think of Colin Farrell's performances with Stephen Murphy? I think Colin Farrell, he's, he's an actor that, you know, he's always going to be magnetic. It, but he was an actor that, from what I remember, for a long time, didn't seem to be particularly well-loved. And that's not just me saying that. I think that's just because he was a, like a top shagger. Okay, fair and enough. He he just genuinely enjoyed shagging a lot of women. <laughs> well, if you could, you would, wouldn't you? In fairness, if I was Colin Farrell, I'd shag every woman available. I mean, let's see what he's done. So he's done, obviously, this. Um, he did The Beguiled, which he was wonderful in. I think he don't want to see who he's done. No. Um, <laughs> what else have I seen him in? I've seen him in The Lobster... Uh, obviously, I think I've seen Saving Mrs. Banks, Mr. Banks rather. I'm sure I've Have seen. Have you seen Seven Psychopaths? 
No, but I want to. You, you've missed out. No, in fact, when you go home tonight, I, I might try and find it on, on Amazon Prime. Good. I watched it this evening, actually. Um, what else have I seen him in? Obviously, in, Bru- in Bruges. He was wonderful in, in Bruges. Fantastic in, in Bruges. So much so that I actually went to Bruges this year simply based on that film. Um, what else? Did Ooh. you get the chance to say fucking Bruges? Uh, no, I did not because I was with my, because I was with my parents. Uh, he was in Intermission, which was absolutely wonderful. Have you ever seen Intermission? Don't think I have. It's not very well known, but he's wonderful in it. He was brilliant in Phone Booth. Oh, God, Minority Report. Damn! <coughs> <coughs> no, Sorry. Minority Report's got to be worse than that. Um, it's not. Of course, he was in Balakus Angel. Yeah, that's really got his, his big break. I never saw Balakus Angel. Was it any good? I just I just remember, the only thing I know about Balakus Angel was the opening scene in a Father Ted episode where Ted is going out with a lead actress from Valkyrie's Angel. And he's like, well, I'll leave now. And she's like, yeah, fuck off. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all I know about it as well. <laughs> um, um, I there, left the room with my mum's dad watched it. Were there any other films on this list that you've seen that I've not that you thought were good? The Recruits. What was The Recruits about? Uh, CIA Recruits. Al Pacino. Oh, shit! Al Pacino. I forgot I'd seen that. Oh, God, I completely forgot about this film. Yeah. It's yes! A, it's, it's a good film. It actually wasn't terrible, it wasn't. think about it. With Al Pacino. With Gabriel Macht! Oh, God! I forgot he was in that. Yeah. Um, but not as a lawyer. No, not as a lawyer. Um, I, love Al, I love Al Pacino, just because of his name. Because he sounds like he's a small animal. Uh, I, I, met an, I saw an Al Pacino this morning in English. And then he took a, co- then he took a cookie. I love alpacanos. Yeah, alpacanos are small and cute. They probably go squeak! <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we like Colin Farrell, do we? Farrell. Sorry, that wasn't even deliberate that time. <laughs> so we're a fan of Colin Farrell, are we? Yeah. What did you think of this? What did you think of him in this? I thought he played the role delightfully. He he played the role... Oh, I can't say delightfully, because <laughs> he, he wasn't a nice character. Well, I wouldn't say that. He beats and sorted his kids. No, no, he only beat up the Barry character. Okay, he it, face-planted his son who couldn't walk in the hospital corridor. And then he talks about waking up his own dad. Yeah. But you make it sound horrible. It was... You make it sound like he's a bad dad. He is. I don't think he was that bad of a dad. He's the worst dad I've seen on film since. Really? I'm trying to think. I'll of... tell you what. I've got some films to show if you think he's the worst dad I'm on film. Th- I'm trying to think of a worst dad that I've seen. Um, the dad in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Chevy Chase. Yeah. Fuck you. Terrible father. Terrible film in general, but a terrible. Actually, father. the father from Home Alone. <laughs> John Hurt. Yeah. No, heard, not hurt. Oh, was it heard? Sorry. Yes. He herded the sheep. Um, no, heard is in H E A R D. But yeah. he did go on to be in Shark in Sharknado. And then died. Yeah, he did because I couldn't follow him for the second one. I don't think he was terrible. Well, no, he wasn't terrible. I don't think he was a bad father in this. I thought he was actually really good, and I felt that he did. He was doing as much as he possibly could to save his kids. While also doing very little. Well, 
Yeah. yeah. Okay, what did you think of his performance in general? I thought it was a stand-up performance. Um, oh. And he's, he's the kind of actor that, kind of his early career, as you say, leaves a, leaves a little bit to be desired at times. Mm. But as he's, as he's matured an actor and as a, as a person... But I don't know if this opinion that I've, that I've heard about Colin Farrell is one that I've made up or whether it was real. Uh, which one? That he wasn't a very good actor, that he was generally not very well liked. He wasn't very well liked. Um, he wasn't. I was going to say, I didn't think I'd made that up. Um, critics pretty much hated him. Right. Um, Any particular reason? Because he was kind of a pretty boy who played pretty boys and... That was it. Right. He didn't have much scope, uh, much range. Mm. Um, which, as I, th- as I say, as I think as he's got older, he's he started picking his, his films more, mm. and he's worked with you know certain directors or relatives of certain directors. I do wonder if there was a certain part of being in this film purely by, because he was in Lobster. Like they made they made the lobster and then the the roles possibly offered to him again. He was like, yes, bring it on. Well, I mean, seven... in, in the same way of um, sorry, to, sorry to cut you off, but in the same way um, with um, Leonardo DiCaprio working with uh, Martin Scorsese so much. Fuck you, Academy. <laughs> Still no Oscar for Michael Bay though, so fuck you. Why should Michael Bay get on Oscar? Let's not, let's not get on to this. I mean, for me, the best part he ever played... Well, actually, well, it's a tough call between John Belfort and his character in The Departed, whose name I can't remember. No, Marty? I don't know. Billy! Billy! Billy Costigan, that was That's it. That's it. Yeah. Because it's, it's not like Billy Corgan. Of the Smashing Pumpkins. Of the Smashing Pumpkins. And wrestling. Yeah, he went into TNA. Yeah. Um, did bizarre career move. I'm not sure if he kicked Dixie Carter out. And he should have uh, done if he didn't. He's, um, in, in fairness, a lot of people should have kicked Dixie Carter out. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. we digress. We do, as ever. Um, okay. I was saying that <clears> I think <throat> Colin Farrell, as he's, as he's matured, as he's grown as an actor, is... is Film roles become more diverse. Seven Psychopaths was directed by the brother of the guy who made In Bruges. Oh, I always thought Seven Seven Psychopaths was by the Coen Brothers. No, it's by Mark. I don't know where I got that. It's by Michael McDonough. Oh, okay. Um, that name doesn't mean anything to me, to be honest with you. Martin McDonough is the director of In Bruges. Right, you see, I wouldn't remember that, to be fair. I do. Because I'm a fucking human trivia machine. Available for rent if you need me for quizzes. He's not very pretty, but he's got a good memory. Um, okay, so have we got anything more to say about Colin Farrell, or should we move on? Ah, move on. Nicole Kidman, and I actually completely forgot it was Nicole Kidman, actually. How could you forget Nicole Kidman? I genuinely, I don't know much about Nicole Kidman, to be perfectly honest with you. Although I'm fairly certain she was also in The Beguiled, with Colin Farrell. No idea. Uh, oh, she was in Moulin Rouge. Uh, yes, she was in The Beguiled. She was. I wasn't making that up. Um, okay, what else was she in? So, oh god, they're making an Aquaman film. Um, They've made an Aquaman film. Oh, she film. was in Lion. Jesus, I forgot about that. You ever seen Lion? No. Really good. Um, uh, oh, Before I Go to Sleep. She was really good in that, actually. Um, shout out if you see anything that you thought she was particularly good in. Australia. I've still not seen that, but I want to watch it. Baz Luhrmann's Australia. Oh, was that a Baz Luhrmann film? 
Yeah. I might avoid it then if it was Baz Luhrmann. Yeah. Probably oh best. God, the interpreter. That piece of shit. That was a terrible film. That Not was. Not as bad as Bewitched. Panic Room. That was good. Although, although apparently she wasn't in it. Stephen's girlfriend on the phone voice and credited. Well, that says something, doesn't it? Um, Stepford Wives was horrible. What was that, sir? Stepford Wives. Uh, never seen the original. Never seen that one. The original um, is better. This was played as a comedy. I don't think I've seen work. the others. I've, I've hated Moulin Rouge. Um, Eyes Wide Shut was a good film, to be fair. Fuck you. What was on the Eyes Wide Shut? Everything. Okay, fair enough. Um, Practical Magic was quite a cute film. Never seen that. Um, Peacemaker. <laughs> uh, I'm really coming up. Short oh god, she was in Batman Forever. <laughs> yeah, but you can't really blame her for that. You can. Actually, you can. Thinking about it, I mean, she she agreed to be in it. Um, um, she was in BMX Bandits. Of course, she was. I've never seen it, but just that title alone. Yeah. Um, uh, she was also. She also displayed. A, may I say, terrible Irish accents. In Far and Away. Oh, okay. Alongside then husband, uh, Tiny Tom Cruise. Poor Tom Cruise. Um, so, what did you. I mean, I. Oh, I come on. If you can't say poor Tom Cruise, you've got to include the word little. <laughs> um, so, I really liked her in this. I've got to say. Yeah. I mean, I really enjoyed her in, in The Beguiled as well. I thought she was fabulous in that. Um, and in this, <coughs> she played it very well alongside. Um, Alongside Mr. Farrell. Yeah. I don't think I've got much to say about her, but her character... Because, to be honest, in a way, her character was almost secondary. And that's not to diminish her, but she was. She was... But she was also the kind of his foil. Mm. Almost the voice of reason. Yeah. Um, she was the one saying, well, you need, you need to sort something out. And, yeah. You, you know, you need to do this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Colin Farrell being a man. Doesn't listen to his wife at all. Oh, when he when he when he tears up the the kitchen. At any point. The thing is, right, and I was thinking this when I was watching it. Who hasn't wanted to do that at some point? Who hasn't wanted to go into a kitchen and just tear the shit out of it? And my kitchen, or someone else's. Someone else's, obviously. You wouldn't do it to your own. Well, that was their kitchen. Yeah, but he's rich. That's no excuse. Yeah, it is. Not three. If you're rich. Not Greek. Someone did say this was based on a Greek tragedy, actually. But can't yeah, that was in the IMDb trivia. Oh, IMDb trivia. Um, fuck off. IMDb <laughs> trivia. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think this is the best role I've ever seen her in, but I think she was very good at it. Um, I think she played it very confidently. I think she, her line delivery was particularly good in it. Yeah. Um, and I think, I don't know about her interaction with the kids. Is the only thing. She didn't come across as not a very motherly mother. No, not really. I mean, she seemed. It was like, well, what did she really do? You know, when when she's stuffing when he when Colin's stuffing the, the donuts into a into her son, she's not like stop it. He's actually you know he's actually can't choking. breathe. You know he's choking. Please stop. She's just like no, he doesn't want to eat. He doesn't want to eat. She you know, kind of I, I'd, like, I'd, like to, I'd like to think that if my dad was forcing donuts into my mouth and I couldn't breathe, my mother would be getting in there or elbow saying, fucking stop that. And she didn't do that. In, in fairness, I think... I don't know. I mean, would you... Would your dad ever be in a position to force donuts well, into I'd like to, I'd like to think not. But I'd also like to think that if that situation did occur, it would my be mother would do something about it. 
I think it'd be more pleasurable. Well, it'd be, well, it'd be Krispy Kreme for a start. Oh, sugary crack. No, Krispy Kreme. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I see what you're saying. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I've never had crack, so I wouldn't know. Uh, well, you've had you've had Krispy Kreme, so you've basically oh, had crack. I'm gonna edit that for the podcast and get <laughs> it off my work list. That. <laughs> Disclaimer: <laughs> I have never, and nor do I ever plan on having crack. Good lads. Good lads. That'll do. Um. Okay, so don't do crack kids. Do you have anything much more to say about it? Because as good as she was, I don't really feel I've got a, a, an awful lot to say about it. I mean, of the two female roles in this, I think she was almost secondary. Yeah, uh, she was. That, that, I can't say anything more about it. She's she is very much the the second in command, if you will. Yeah, and that's that's made forcibly known. Throughout the movie. Okay, so the next character, the the secondary female character, um, is Kim Murphy, played by Rafi Cassidy, whose name I don't recognise. I don't think I've seen her in anything. Oh God, she was in Tomorrowland. Oh, she was in Shadow, oh, no, Dark Shadows. I don't remember. Oh, she was the kid in Tomorrowland. Yeah, I don't remember much about Tomorrowland though, so it but can't have been that al- good. She was also in. I mean, she's not done a lot. She's made some terrible fucking <coughs> films. Well, how old is she? Oh, no, I don't care. Um, in 2013, age 11. So, 2002. It doesn't actually say how old she, she is. Born, is she was born in 2002. Well, oh, she was born. When did you read that? In 2013, oh, age 11. I see what you did there. I you read. See, you, you used maths. To work it out. Well I'm done, dead. sir. Well played. Well played. Um, so what's she been in that we know? Well, I've seen Tomorrowland and frankly, I forgot all about it. Um, so she Is didn't... it about the land of tomorrow? It was some... It was about Disneyland. It was about some... Like, a genuine ride that they tried to create in Disneyland in Florida called Tomorrowland. I, I don't really remember a lot about it, but it wasn't very good anyway. But in this, I think she was one of the strongest act- actors in the, on the in the whole piece. She was also in Snow White and the Huntsman, which uh, I've never seen. I've never seen never it. Never no, seen it. Either. Oh, I must say that I, f- I find it hilarious that they made a sequel to Snow White and the Huntsman and completely wrote out the character of Snow White. Fair play. Well, she wasn't that important, really, was she? Well, it was be- it was because Kristen Stewart had been shagging the director. Ah, so Kristen Stewart. Is it Kristen Stewart or is it Kristen Stewart? Kristen. Is Kristen Stewart a different person? I think you've just or made, have I made it up. that up. I think you've just made it up. Um, Kristen um, Stewart. Uh, who am I thinking of Kirsten then? Kirsten Dunst. Dunst. Yeah. Of course. Is, is, is there a Kirsten Stewart? I want to know now. Stewart. Nope, there is a. What <laughs> a horrendous it. photo is that? How did that? All get on, photos of her. How did that get on the internet? Oh, have you have you seen Personal Shopper? No. Oh Christ, she was bad in that. I'd say watch it just for shits and giggles, but it's terrible. Again, Derek liked it, but Derek is wrong. Um, in fairness, I will never watch a film with Kristen Stewart in. She gets baps out. I don't care. Neither do I. Um, okay, so she's not done a lot, but to be fair, she's not exactly old, so you can't really she's blame her for 16. that. She's 16. Yeah. Um, I, I thought she had a fabulous um, singing voice in this. She did. Um, and I think that was 
not even a standout part of a perf- of a performance. No, no. I think I think her entire performance was quite masterful. Mm, I agree. Yeah. Um, and for one so young to take on a role like that is is quite brave. I think. No, I agree. Um, you know, she was given a lot of dialogue. She was given a lot to do, and she she was kind of quite a main expositional character. I think she was really more so almost than um. Than Nicole Kid than Nicole Kidman's character in Australia. Almost more so than Colin Farrell. Um, excuse me. Oh, it's been a long week. I know. Um, <clears throat> did you know that yawning is not a sign of tiredness? It's a sign of a lack of oxygen to the brain. Yeah, that's right. So you need to breathe more. I need to breathe more. Anyway, I probably had too much coffee this afternoon as well. Anyway, um, back to referee. Not sorry, not referee. Rafi Cassidy. Cassidy. I can see her doing a lot. I think she. I think she's going to go on to do very well. I, I think. Say. I think this is potentially a future Oscar winner. Definitely, and I think she probably didn't get paid an awful lot to do this film. But I think it's a film that if she got it on her resume, it's going to stand out. Yeah, I thought you were going to correct me on that one. I thought you were going to say see me. Um, I think it's going to stand out. I think this is a film that she could be pr- that she can be proud of. Yeah, and say I did something very different to other people of my age and I did it bloody well I mean I don't know I don't know what awards this film we'll check in a minute once we've done the rest of the characters if this film won any awards but I think she deserved something for this for me this is the film like equivalent of kind of an amateur guitarist picking up a guitar and knocking out the best the, you know the greatest hits of Jimi Hendrix first time mm. okay it's that kind of performance <laughs> No, fair play. I wouldn't have gone there, but fair play if you think she's that good. Yeah. Um, you know, I think she's good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying she's an amateur, by the way, because obviously she's been in quite, you know, quite a few things. Although I've got to say, there are an awful lot of actresses and actors coming out at the moment, primarily actresses, to be honest with you, who I'm thinking, my God, we've got some, we've got some real good actors coming up here. Um, there was a recent film called um, *Limited Education of Cameron Post*. Yeah. Um, and I won't go into it now because it's really not relevant, but the actress who plays the lead in that is absolutely fabulous. Um, right, so we've been going for an hour, so we'll hurry up a bit because I appreciate you've got to, you've, you've got to get home at some point this evening. Um, I might go for a beer after this. I might join you for a beer. Do you want to go somewhere local? Because yeah. the pub down the road. Um, in fact, yeah, we'll go for a beer after this. Um, okay, so we'll not do Martin yet, but we will briefly speak about Bob. 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 Played by Sonny Suljic. I've got to be honest, I don't have an awful lot to say about him. I didn't like the he, Oh, you didn't like him? Didn't Carry like on, do tell. Because I don't really have an awful lot to say. Should have had a haircut. <laughs> I, that's actually something I really loved. That's something I really loved. That's like, it's like you promised me you were going to get a haircut yesterday, and you didn't get your haircut, did you? He's eight. What eight-year-old goes out for his own haircuts? I did. Well, you're far more independent than I am, apparently. Yeah, it's just you living. I'm fairly certain that my mom still attended my haircut appointments for quite. But that's just something about me and my mother. Anyway, yeah. So you really didn't like him in this. No, I, did, I didn't okay. like the character. Did, did you not, I, was I didn't say, like, like the character. Did you dislike the character or did you dislike him? I didn't like the character. Right. He, different matter. Mm-hmm. I think, again, great performance. Yeah. 
Um, and it was a great performance to his credit. Yeah. Yeah. I I what specifically about the character did you not like? Because I found him to be a bit annoying. I'm not going to lie. He was incredibly annoying. I wanted to slap the taste out of his mouth. <laughs> Um, Anything in particular? Any particular reason why? No, he's just whiny. You're right. The kid who's been told that he's going to die and has no choice about it and there's no way out of it, he's a whiny little bitch. Oh, come on! Get over it, little shit. Yeah, exactly. You're absolutely right. You are abso- no, you are right on the money. And, frankly, and face. frankly, if teachers were like that in schools, they'd be much better behaved. Exactly. Now you see my point. As, as, as JR would often say, we don't need to take them to a psychologist, we need to get them into the budget. He did Dude. actually say that. Did you ever hit JR when, this, when, the, when they had the whole Shane McMahon versus Vince McMahon thing? Right. They were saying like, oh, and that Shane McMahon got taken to a psychologist. And JR was all like, oh, this bloody yuppie white man taking their kids to a psychologist and they're taking them out into the woodshed. It's like, really? Okay, that's not exactly PC, but okay. Yes, yeah, Damn yuppies taking their, kid, taking their kids to psychologists. No, get a belt out. That'll do them well now. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, JR. Good, well, strong, steady you, stick. You, you, you're the, you are still the best JR, no matter what, you know. Um, um, Okay. You realise, by the way, Vince McMahon scripts what he says. No. It's no. 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 Okay. Um, I don't think we've got an awful lot to say about Bobby. I certainly don't. No. So let's talk about what is probably the most interesting character in the entire film for me, uh, which was Martin, who doesn't oh. get a second name. There's, I think one of the interesting characters is that they didn't do anything with the kind of introduced her. Oh, oh, the mother. Okay, do you want to talk about Martin's the mother? Martin's mother. Yes. Played by Alicia Silverstone. Alicia Silverstone. Who um, has lost weight. Really? In the movie. I don't remember ever being She that said big. in the movie she lost weight. What? That was part of the film. She's lost weight. I, um, never, I never really thought. Oh, to attract him. Right, okay. And Martin Sorry. even yes. said it to. It's very creepy, let's be honest. Yeah. This... She's lost weight and she's got a good figure and she has you ha- she says you have good hands and she could give you a wank if you asked her nicely. I don't think he said wank. <laughs> no, you're right, they that, don't say wank. Too much of an English word. No, they probably said jerk off. Handy Joe? Yep. An old fashioned. <sighs> Some gentleman's relish. Um a five knuckle shuffle? I think that only applies if it's done to <laughs> oneself. No, I think it still counts. No. And besides, that that brings up the rest you of You can't see me! <laughs> yeah, because you've just wanked coming to my eyes, John. <laughs> he doesn't do that in the ring. You sure that'll be an effective finishing move? It's not the Attitude Era anymore, dear boy. <laughs> <laughs> they have taste nowadays. Should it be more effective than the paper cut? <laughs> I'll show you some of Jimmy Havoc stuff in a minute. Anyway. Um, okay, so do you want to talk about Elizabeth Silverstone and the mother very quickly and then go on to the... Yeah, um, I think the kind of introduced the character and then... Removed her very quickly. Very quickly removed her. Yeah. And she was no longer a part of the film. Mm-hmm. I think that was an interesting character that he kind of... He could have... It, it is very bizarre how little she was used in this. Yeah. I, I mean, mean so she gets main villain... Yeah, you could almost feel that she wasn't necessarily needed. No. I mean, I mean, what did she really add to the 
to the to the film that he couldn't have implied and it wouldn't have mattered. I mean, I can... Although, I, although, mind you, it was her husband that died at the beginning of the film. Yeah. So that's probably why they gave her screen time. <laughs> but then, to not do anything at all with the character, you've set up this thing of she wants to seduce the Doctor. And let's face it, it's Colin Farrell, so, you know... Mm. With his strap hair for she's probably sat quite a pretty good Are chance. You tried to introduce me, Mrs. Robinson. Sorry. My name's not Mrs. Robinson. That just came into my head. Carry on. Anyway, um, I think they think they should have done more with the character because there was something interesting there. For me. I mean, I do wonder if it was a case of the the role came up, Alicia of Silverstone wasn't busy, and they said, "Come on, we've got a spare twenty dollars." Yeah, do you want to come in and act for us? Because let's face it, how much does Alicia of Excuse me. How much has Alicia Silverstone done in the few, in the past? Let's see what she's actually done. Because I genuinely don't know anymore. She's oh, she's in Batman and Robin. Okay. Um, uh, shout out if you see any films. Killing the Sacred Deer, obviously. Um, uh, classic Space Dogs Adventure to the Moon. She was in The Art of Getting By. I completely... I didn't even realise she was in that. Um... Tropic Thunder. Um, oh, she she was in Tropic Thunder, really. Oh, um, playing herself. Yeah, at an award ceremony. Scooby Doo. So ba- basically, it was like Scooby when you see. Scooby Doo too. It, Come it's on. basically like when you see Kurt Angle and Chris Jericho in the Sharknado films. Um. Uh, Love's Labour's Lost. I want to see that. Who the babysitter? I'm sure I've seen that. Blast from the past. That's a great film. Oh, she played a psycho in that. I've never seen that, but I kind of want to see that. That sounds intriguing now. Yeah. Um, oh, she was in the Aerosmith video, wasn't she? Of course she? she was, with Liv Tyler. With Liv Tyler. Um, and there was there was a wonderful kind of suggested lesbianism. Oh, The Crush. I've got all about that. Have you seen that? No. Um, oh, yes, I have. Yes. Yeah. Yes, she plays another psycho. She plays a lot of psychos in her early career. And, of course, Clueless. Would she play a high school psycho? Well, she wasn't a psycho in that. She was nice. What are you on about? Oh, well, I'm thinking of Mean Girls. Yes, you are. Um, and that was Lindsay Lohan. Yes, it was. Um, <laughs> Sorry, there's a, there's a podcast I listen to um, uh, called Masters of None, and for some reason, I think I think it was Jay on it wants uh, wants to pronounce her name Lindsay Lohan, and they've got it's it's brilliant. I can't do it justice, but yeah. Um, I mean, she was also in the Wonder Years. I never watched the Wonder Years. Um, you know, you didn't miss much. Fred Savage. Though. She was only in, she was in it for what? How many episodes? One. Oh well, there you go. You see, um, oh, she got some thanks credit. What did she get thanks for? That's the soundtrack. Oh yeah. Oh, she got thanked four times. Um, um mostly for, for documentaries. <laughs> yeah, for very little actually. Oh, she got special thanks for Save the Farm. She a got, very got, special thanks for Peter Buckingham and the Jenny Home. We must watch that. But she only got with gratitude too for Peter Buckingham. Oh, so wow. I think we should avoid that one. Oh, hang on. Was that the sequel then? It so that's be, yeah. the one where they try and find Peaceable Kingdom, and that's the one where they found Peaceable Kingdom, and they thought, well, it's a bit shit here. Should we get a bus home? Let's turn around. Yeah, it's just a waste of time being really. It's here, a shit hole. Yeah, in fact, you know, absolute dumb. Why did we come here? No Whose idea. Whose idea was this? 
I, I mean, it probably sounded Frank. nice. Yeah, Frank. It's probably it's always Frank's fault, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, God damn it, Frank. Damn it, Frank. Um, right. Do we have anything else to say about the mother? No, probably not. Okay. Um, so let us talk about uh, da da da. What was his name? I should know this. Martin, um, played by the aforementioned Barry Keoghan. 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 Thank you. He was wonderful in this. He oh, was he was just the best thing in this film, hands down. He won't hear anything else said. If I had to, if I had to name his character in song, it would be Teenage Dirtbag. <laughs> no. Yeah. Really? Yeah. He is He is very much a Teenage Dirtbag. He's no Jim Levenstein. The fuck's Jim? Oh, American Pie. Yeah. Because the guy who played him was in the, Ameri- was in the Teenage Dirtbag video. Along with... The girl who went out with Chris in the film. Mina Savari. Oh, you mean <laughs> B-movie star Mina Savari? She was in um, American Beauty. That was before American Pie. No, it was the same year. It came out before American Pie. It was the same year, though. It was the same year, but it came out before American Pie. Well, yeah. But it's before American Pie, too. Um, anyway. Does she only star in films with American in the title? She wasn't in American Psycho. Was she the American Assassin? No. Are you sure? Yep. You're notably terrible at and remembering she things. And she wasn't in American History X. She wasn't. And she wasn't in America the Beautiful. I'm not seeing it. <laughs> I don't mean it's a film. <laughs> anyway, it probably what, is. What else has he been in? So what Dunkirk. Is, uh, I yes, he was, and he was very good in Dunkirk. Actually, um, he was very good in that. Um, I mean, it was a generally good film. But the thing, the thing with Dunkirk, and I don't know if you've seen it, was there were so many characters in that film. It's actually very difficult to keep track. I've heard it's a kind of spiral and I mean, it's, people have people have said it's it's kind of hard to follow. At times, um, the thing about Dunkirk is it go it switches a lot between periods of time and time frames, and I know a lot of people said they found that confusing. But I thought, well, I don't know how you'd make it any other way. I think it works because of that. I mean, we we also have the guy who it's hard to kind of correlate that with the guy who made Inception. Yeah, because Dunkirk's good. I'm not going to give you that point because I haven't seen Dunkirk yet. And... And he also made Batman. the Dark Knight trilogy. Yes, he did. I didn't like the third one, but the first two were very good. Well, the second one an Oscar. Did it? Blimey. Best, yeah. best actor for Heath Ledger. Yeah, but that's probably the actor, isn't it? That's not really the film. Still the film. Yeah. Um, what else was he in? Uh, he was in American Animals, which, again... Which I've already said was I thought was very good. I'm sure I've seen Trespass Against Us, although maybe it was just a film I was planning on seeing. You need to close some tabs, by the um, way. I should probably close some tabs. No, I've not seen it, but I did want to see it. Ooh, that's a good cast. Um, Michael Fassbender and Brendan Gleeson. You shit me. What was it about? A man looks to find a way to escape the criminal ways of an outlaw journey. Fa- outlaw family. family. I think I might watch that, actually. I'm going to try and find that. If you're going to watch a Brendan Gleeson film, by the way, have you seen The Guard? No. Watch it. What's it vaguely about? Uh, policeman in Ireland. I think Trish has told me about it. joins up an FBI agent, played by um, Don Cheadle. Oh, okay. Does he do an, does he do an Irish accent? No. 
Is it as... He also doesn't do a London accent, thankfully. <laughs> what are you on about? His London accent in Ocean's Eleven was amazing. Call oh. blimey, Gavner. They really gnaws that up. Yeah, it's it's amazing if you've never heard. I love the I love the I love the scene in, in Ocean's Eleven where it's like, so they've done what I would have done. So we're in Barney, and they're all like, "What's Barney? Like, Barney, Barney, Ravel, Trouble, get it? It's like I don't even know what you're on about, and I'm English." Yeah. It, to be it's, credit, it's a though, good accent if you've never credit, heard a London accent or his, seen Idris Elba. To his credit, um, Don Cheadle was brilliant in Hotel Rwanda. Don Cheadle. What did I say? John. So John, John. Don, Don it's been a long week um, he was brilliant in Hotel Rwanda yeah um, again a film I've not seen but I would recommend it I mean don't watch it on a Sunday afternoon for Christ's sake but it's good nonetheless um, okay. so it's not a Sunday afternoon cinema well, we could include it although to be fair given that the whole point of this podcast was set up to watch films that are nice and fluffy we've completely gone away from the format that I set up to begin with yeah um Okay, so yeah, he's not been in a massive amount. But I'm again, blaming you for that, by the way. Play. But I do think he is an actor who is going to go a very long way. And I think he's going to do very well for himself. Yeah, although... I mean, his character is... Even from the get-go in this, mm. is kind of hard to like. How do you mean? I mean, I, I kind of understand where you come... I think he's difficult to... I think he's difficult to... To like? No, I disagree. I think he is. I think you can like him, but I think he's someone who's difficult to read. Yeah. I mean, you know, going and and the thing is, right? Is I really <laughs> I think hate, if you're going back to what you said before about the family or yeah. autism, I, I really hate this stereotype bullshit that we have in the, in the film industry today, where oh, we know autism. We know about Asperger's. It's like, well, you really don't. No. But they've actually done it. If he is, in fact, autistic, and they never even mention it in this film, I think they treat it very well. Yeah, I mean, I... If indeed that is the case. Knowing people with autism who, who are very much on the broad side of the spectrum. Yeah, yeah. Because um, that's what it is. It is a spectrum, ultimately. Yeah. Um, this, it seems like he's, you know, at least... I don't want to say dyspraxic, mm. um, but yeah. there, there is a form of, I'd say, pretty severe autism in that character, um, more so than any of any of the family. Yeah. Even like, his facial movements, his, his characteristics. No, I know what movements. you mean, and I love it when, when he says, "Okay, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to keep it quick," and he goes through exactly what's going to happen and then it's like okay first they're going to do this first they're going to do that second they're going to do that third they're going to do this, gonna do this. one two three four like, I've got to go now it's quick bam, 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 bam. I yeah. really love that scene from him it's brilliant As it is just bam 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 and yeah. I'm because, off the door because he does it so clinically yeah and he doesn't and the thing is I get the feeling it wasn't in his control I think it was I think it oh of course because of the phone call but no, not because of the phone call. Because mm. there's no actual pathogen that's introduced to any of these characters. But he doesn't seem point. to be doing it in a malicious way. Yes, he is. Actually, you know, he is thinking about it. Yeah. He doesn't seem horrible, that's the thing. This this character could easily be Thelma's little brother. Oh, sorry, sorry, Link. Sorry, yes. 
I don't know. I think that's a bit unfair. But no, I think this. I think it's all mm. controlled by him. Yeah, no, that's controlled by his mind. Yeah, all in the mind. Sorry, it's all in the mind. Um, yeah, no, I agree. I think actually, now that you say it, yeah, yeah, because again, there's no pathogen introduced. There's no kind of poison or, you know, oh, <laughs> I put this in your drink. Yeah, and um, what what I love the most though is that it's like I'm gonna do this to your kids. I'm gonna do this to your wife, but don't worry, you're fine. Yeah, like I don't mean I don't. I'm not going to even to you. Yeah, yeah. Boy, I mean, that, it's like in a way, that's kind of death by a thousand cuts. That's saying, by the way, your family is absolutely fucking doomed, and you're going to sit and but watch. Fine. <laughs> okay, so we've been going for an hour and twenty minutes, a lot yeah. longer than I thought we were going to be. Then, but then again, we always say that, right? Do you have anything more to say about this? I, I w- I'm not even going to bother asking you. Are you going to recommend this to other people? Are you going to watch it again? Because clearly you're not going to. But, 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 are you, are you glad I showed it to you? In a way. In a way, yes. Um, and I might very well watch this again at mm. some point. I might introduce someone to it. Especially if I'm feeling particularly malicious that day. <laughs> um, if only as, as a kind of cultural oddity. As or, almost as a talking point. Yeah, absolutely is a talking point because yeah. it's a bizarre movie. Mm. It really is. I, I, think, I think it's the sort of film that if you went to see it with somebody else, you would want to go and talk about it. Yeah, something. yeah. I don't think you'd be like, oh well, never mind, let's watch the next one. Not Mary fucking Poppins. Let's just, just get that out the gate. What's wrong with Mary Poppins? Nothing. You know, it's sound like I was sweating Mary Poppins. Mary, Mary Poppins is an absolute fucking delight. Yeah. I think there's a lot to talk about for that film. We need to review that. Sorry? We need to review it. Really? Well, we should do, because the new one's coming out. Oh. So we could do a got, double bill. It's got the beautiful and gorgeous Emily Blunt. Has it? Okay. Yes. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, anyway, whilst, whilst whilst Mike masturbates in his own mind about Emily Blunt, uh, I've been Christopher Windsor. He's been Michael Larkin. Um, this has been Sunday afternoon cinema. It's his choice next. Brought so I don't know what we're going to watch next. Frankly, it's probably not going to be nearly as good as my choices. But when is it ever? Um, Always. If you've liked what you've heard, please consider subscribing and. Please do check out the Iconochromatic um, podcast, where me and Derek tend to talk about more public films. Uh, you can find us by Googling Iconochromatic or looking at Def Jam Radio. Michael, once again, thank you for joining me and a very good night. Thank you for having me. Bye-bye. And press that share button, folks. Yes, because it does help. Yeah. And to the bots, stop it. You're not real. Fucking pisses me off. You have been listening to Sunday Afternoon Cinema, which is a recorded podcast. The podcast was hosted by myself and Mike Larkin. The podcast was recorded, produced and edited by myself, Christopher Winter. If you've liked what you've heard, please consider subscribing on iTunes or following on SoundCloud. Thank you for listening.